We're glad you joined us today. We know the road may feel isolating, but we are here to go along this journey with you and love the call to action. Rock Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We're going to join together and chat about all things military life. So you know the drill. Rock Up Buttercup. Hey, welcome back to Rock Up Buttercup. It's been a hot minute, I feel like, since the last one. So much has changed in the military community since the last meeting that we had when everybody had just deployed to Afghanistan. So I know that feelings have probably completely changed from the last time we talked, but I'm glad to be back. We have Ashley back and we have Kim on today during our girl chat. So this is going to be one of our um, last girl chats, just the three of us. I think we kind of decided we're going to change the structure of how we do our girl chats and bring in more of our volunteers. So we're excited for you guys to get to know some of the other people on our team as we go forward into the new year. But I wanted to just start off with our biggest events are coming up for Deployed Love. And it's a really exciting season for all of us because it's holiday mini season. If you don't know what that is, that's where we give back to military families who have deployments over the holiday season. They are at any of the bases that we have a local Deployed Love team at to host these events. So I'm going to go ahead and just quickly go over the dates that are coming up. So if you're at one of these bases, keep an eye out and you may want to sign up as soon as possible for your event if you are going to be deployed over the holidays. So this month already, we have Campbell coming up on the 25th. We have Carson coming up on the 26th. And then in October, we have Fort Hood on the 16th, the Norfolk region area at the 17th. Fort Stewart is on the 23rd. And then in November, we have D.C., Fort Benning, Schofield, Fort Bragg, and Fort Sill all going to be on November 6th. So keep an eye out for the signups for that. We may still need photographers for some of those later events as well. So keep an eye out for any signups. If you're interested in getting involved, we would absolutely love to have you on our team. Right now, I'm going to hand it over to one of the ladies, or both ladies, I'll have a chance to chat to you guys about their local bases because they are both coordinators as well. Yeah, so Fort Bragg is really excited this year. Um, we're really excited to partner up with one of the military organizations that we're going to be holding our event at. Uh, we will have Santa and Mrs. Claus. We'll have a fun craft project for the kids to partake in. And it's just going to be a really fun day to get to know all the different families and just enjoy the holiday season and get pictures out to their loved ones downrange. Hey, it's Kim here, Benning. I'm super excited about our event, too, because everything seems to be falling in place. We opened our family application, so I'm really excited about that. We're about 25% signed up for our open spots. We also have Santa coming. He's the same one that joined us last year, so he's phenomenal. The family's absolutely loved him. Um, we were able to secure a spot that's really close for all the families. So that makes it nice that they don't have to travel outside of the perimeter again. And yeah, I think that's kind of everything that we have going on here at Benning. Yeah, they both sound like really fun events. I love when Santa gets to come out because that makes the, it's bribery if nothing else for children to actually take pictures. So it's kind of fun. And I know that you guys also have a lot of social events going on between now and then and through the end of the year. So keep an eye out for that. I know there's lots of coffee socials, play dates and stuff coming up. So not only at Fort Bragg, now we're Fort Benning, but a lot of our other bases as well have social events. And one of the big ones that we host through the main part of Deployed Love is our Deployed Love Academy. Um, we do have one that is going to be scheduled and on the calendar for this month. By the end of today, we'll have a date picked so that we can have that started out to you guys. But we're going to do a charcuterie board with all of the holidays coming up. 
we want to make sure that you guys have a way to host family as they're coming in. So we're going to do a fun, put together a board, um, you know, just to host, to host guests in your home. So we hope that you guys will come out to that event and join us and make, eat some food, invite your friends out with you to your house. so You guys can enjoy it afterwards. It'll be a really good time. So we hope to see you guys there. As far as the podcast today, we kind of want to touch on, so the topic of our month was supposed to be back to school, but back to school has already happened and we're all kind of in the flow. So we're just kind of going to talk about how our kids are handling it. So you guys can get to know us again a little bit better. And then we'll talk about a little something else after that. Oh, so this year, uh, Devlin started first grade. So obviously last year, his first official in school was kindergarten, which did not look like that typical, typical school year. They were virtual for most of the year here in North Carolina. And uh, he's so excited. I've never seen a kid so excited about school in my life. He loves it. He has no issue getting up in the morning and going and getting on the bus and going to school. And he really enjoys it. And Claire, my youngest, just started preschool this year. So she goes to a half-day program, and she really likes it, too. Some days I kind of have to bribe her to go to school. So sometimes I'll be like, hey, we can go to Target after I pick you up. But she, uh, she, she's doing really well. So it's been nice to be able to kind of get back into a routine of a little bit of normalcy. Hopefully it continues. But, yeah, it's it's been really great. They're doing so great. They've been in school for roughly three weeks now and they're doing awesome we've been in we actually just got our first progress report um last week on friday so that was crazy how fast the school year is already going i actually have lily in kindergarten and then madison and caden are both in middle school caden will go to high school next year so I'll have, (laughs) and if Mason continues in his pre-K spot or pre-kindergarten spot, he'll be four kids at four different schools. So busting them around every morning. The two in middle school are doing great. They are trying to get used to the new school because even though we didn't PCS, we moved our house across town and they got rezoned for another school. So they had to get used to their new school this year, but it's been going good. Lillian is loving pre-k or kindergarten as usual, all the fun stuff, the snacks, <laughs> everything except for she does miss the naps. Mason just got a two-year-old spot at one of the church morning mom's morning out programs. So all the bills for that right now are a little all over the place because he's my last one. So once he starts school, that's all of them gone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other than that, we're doing good. And I'm on the other end. I'm like, <laughs> we're homeschooling again this year. So it, they're never gone. <laughs> they're always here. But it's been, as some of you may know or may not know, but I'm moving across town myself this this month, hopefully very soon. And so our homeschool has looked very chaotic. And I feel bad about that because we've been kind of like rushed to do school when I have time to, but if anybody's ever closed on a house, especially in the market as it is today, there's just, everything's last minute. Like you don't hear about things until the very last minute. So we've been doing school in the car. We've been doing school at the park after we've done house inspections, you know, school's been really different for us this year. And it used to be our structure was around starting our morning by doing school. And then we were free the rest of the day. And it, hasn't looked like that. It hasn't looked like that at all this year. We've been doing it for about four weeks, but it's still been good for us though. Homeschool has been fun. And though we could use a break from each other occasionally, it's still, they learn so much from it and they love the hands-on. So it's another year of homeschooling and I'm, I'm 
I think it's pretty cool that we've been able to go for two years. So, but also we kind of wanted to talk about, I know that a lot of you, I know that a lot of you found us last month because of the rapid deployments, not only at Bragg, but across the nation. There were so many deployments that had happened. Um, a lot of people that were moved away from their family very quickly without very much warning in that situation. So I know you had found our podcast because we were all very open about how that, you know, affects our families. It really does affect everybody's families. But now on the downside of that, everybody, all the troops are out of Afghanistan. So that means they are making their way home. So that also means the complication, even though it was a really short deployment for those families, the complication of reintegration, especially with the things that did happen during this deployment, there's going to be a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings involved with reintegration. So I just kind of wanted to talk about like our tips on how to reintegrate more smoothly and just maybe some of our experiences on reintegration because it's different for every single deployment. Every single deployment, there's different experiences and every person experiences them differently and how they handle them when they come back is going to be different. So do you guys have any tips for how you would handle a reintegration, especially from something such a short, but like strong deployment? Well, my biggest thing is making sure you show grace and having a little bit of flexibility of behaviors. I know for myself, my husband is one of the ones that is coming back um, from this deployment. So knowing what they potentially saw, knowing what they went through, and I don't even know that, just having that open communication when they get home, you know, let them do it on their own time. Don't force them to talk about it right away if they don't want to. At least I know in my experience, forcing my husband to do something he's not quite ready to do doesn't always end very well. Um, So just giving them a little bit of a time to adjust and process it. This event is going to take a long time to process and just making sure that you're there and letting them know that you're there is is the best that you can do. Um, Obviously, you want to encourage them if you see behaviors of depression or anything like that. You want to be able to talk to them and don't be afraid to talk to them because a lot of people are. My one piece of advice would be to have a little patience, have a little grace, but make sure that they know that you are there. You're never going to understand what they're going through, but just being a listening ear could be really helpful in this, in this type of matter. And just knowing what type of support and knowing your, your spouse or your son handles trauma or handles difficult moments is also really good. So having those communications and knowing like he may just need to go out for a run. He may need to go. It's hunting season here in North Carolina. So he may just want to go sit in the woods, but you may just want him home with you. Um, Everyone handles it differently and just take it slowly. That's really the best thing. Yeah. Baby steps and balance, making sure that you're balancing what you need as well as what he needs and your family as a whole and not just um, going along with how one person is coping with it. Make sure that you're combining together as a family and starting to build that relationship back because even though it may not have been that long or you know, if your husband wasn't on this one and maybe they're coming back at a longer time, just giving them the time to build those relationships back up because they have changed and so have you. So just learning how each other has changed and 
kind of learning to, to have that family dynamic again is important. I think releasing expectations of things going back to the way they were before, because like you said, things changed. You have to give them grace when they come back. They, they need a time to not have to worry about the stress of things. And it may feel like, oh, they, they're back. They should step right back into that role. But I really don't think that they should. I think that you should at least give them a week of time where you have just pretend they're still deployed. You know, if they're there and conveniently can watch movies and snuggle and, you know, all the things that we all love about having our spouses home, that's great. But don't expect them to have to, you know, take on paying the bills and doing the chores and stuff right away because getting back in the process of, you know, a lot of them are sleeping in vans and sleep, you know, like just catching up on sleep alone and just getting caught up on being home and the comforts of being home. You know, when you go on vacation or you've been working a lot, you just want to chill. You want to sit in front of the TV. You don't want to have to think about those things. And I know as a spouse that that can cause some resentment, like wanting to not do it on your own, but it's not that hard to just give them the grace for a couple more days, step back and spend that time with them. Even if you don't do the chores, I mean, that's fine. Both of you take a break and you, you deserve it too. You went through deployment, you handled kids. A lot of you handled first time back to school. You handled a lot of things that went on. So you also need to give yourself grace and that it was a long time, even though it was a really short time. A lot of these deployments were a lot shorter than most rapid deployments are, but it was still your time that was given up. It was time that you expected to be family time. So take that time back now and, you know, just relax into the moment when you can. Another thing I would say too, is if they do try to help or start picking up and giving the baby a bath or something around the house and it's not done right, let it go. Do not <laughs> tell them all the ways they're doing it wrong because you've been doing it alone for so long that it just be kind of comes your normal routine. And for them to come back in, they're trying to help. They don't know what that routine has been. So just maybe encourage them to do it a different way. Don't get frustrated that they are doing it differently than you have. Yeah, I think especially if it has been a long deployment, I think that you get so set in your ways and they have to find a place back in where they belong because they do belong in your family. We all know that, but so where do they fit in? And that may be something where you actually have to sit down and say, hey, this part of the routine of our day has been going well with just me and the kids. You're free to go read a book. You're free to go on a run, whatever, during this time period. But I could really use help because me and the kids have been struggling during dinner time, struggling during bedtime where they know that they could fill in a spot that maybe you need a break from. So being able to have a conversation and really openly discuss not only where Ashley was saying with like how they're feeling about the situation that they saw, but also how you felt during their time that they're gone so that they know where they can fill in the gaps because they are your spouse. They want to make things easier for you, believe it or not. They, they intend to be a teammate, right? So they want to make things easier for you when it wasn't easy. So I think that being able to open communication as much as possible. And sometimes those conversations are hard. Sit down on the couch and get undistracted, set your phone away from you and the TV away from you and really focus on what your family needs, but they're so necessary. And that way you're able to get back to some sort of normal um, and not 
if you don't have that conversation, he may not know what you need. And that's just going to cause resentment. And it's so easy to get into that cycle of resentment, especially as a military spouse, expecting them to know what you need to do when they have so many things on their mind with mission and all the stuff that they do at work that often when they come home, they do forget things. And we, we tend to think that it's just them not wanting to do it, but it's, it's not always that way. So being open to communication in any military spouse situation, I feel like is so important with your spouses. I think when it comes to with having children, making sure that you're giving the children grace as well. All of my children are a little older, so, you know, some of their behavior may not have been the best over, you know, the deployment. Don't hit your spouse with that all when they come home. Give your spouse a little time to, you know, bond with the children as well. And then you can address things that may have happened over the deployment later on, but giving your, your spouse that time to come in and enjoy the kids and and see the kids and just give them some love is, you know, the deployments are hard on the kids as well. So the way they cope with the deployment may not be what you see visibly and maybe more to it than what you think. So just making sure that you're giving everybody a little bit of grace. It's going to be a difficult situation. It's going to take a really long time to deal with, you know, with what they saw. Not only did they see horrible things happen with families being scared, children, people getting hurt. They also are probably going to deal with survivor's guilt a little bit where the 13 military service members that were were killed so there's there's going to be an array of emotions and as a spouse or as a family member it really is going to be a difficult time for them to transition some may be completely fine like don't don't put um also don't put in narrative yeah like don't put in that you think something's wrong so everybody everybody handles everything differently you have soldiers who have deployed before who are going to be able to handle this very differently you're going to have soldiers who've never deployed before who may be completely fine in this scenario they they they've blocked it out emotionally and it's not going to affect them everybody handles it differently so try not to be like hey i know something's wrong like you know like you went through this, like you have to be like, if you're not um, upset about this, then like X, Y, and Z, like don't put that out there either because everybody handles it differently. It might not bother them. They might be completely fine with what they saw. They might not want to talk about it. They may want to talk about it a lot. Just let them, let them do what works best for them. Just keep an eye out for those slightly behaviors and like, you know, if they're getting angry really fast or if they're not able to sleep, things like that, just encourage them to take care of themselves. And if that means that they need to just go hunt, go read, go work out, go do something, let them do that and give them that space. And eventually they will come back to you. Obviously there's caveats to that. Like, make, like don't let them just go do whatever they want to do and affect your marriage or whatever it may be, but just be patient. Yeah. And I want to kind of touch on parenting too. If you, you know, during these deployments, you may not have heard from your child for a while. And just because they're back and they have access to their phone doesn't mean they're immediately going to call you either. I think that they get back, they're going to be talking with their buddies. They're, especially if they're a single soldier, they're going to most likely go out and try to blow off some steam 
with some of their friends and stuff. So it may not be, but a day or two before they actually sit and have a long conversation with you. They may check in when they get home to let you know when they've gotten home and that things are fine. But you need to also give your kids space because you're their mom. And of course they want to tell you, you know, their feelings, they're going to come to you because that's all of us do it. We all talk to our parents about things when we're stressed out, things when that have gone on in our life. So know that they're not blocking you out, but they are reaching out to the people who've been there and they're hanging out with the people that understand what's going on. Because as a military parent, you may not understand as deeply how those deployments are. And being able to have someone that they know that they can talk to about those feelings is going to be what's most important to them at first. But they're going to come back and tell you about how things went and tell you a little bit more about the deployments. So be patient with your kids as well, because it's hard to expect them to immediately want to call you. I get that it's hard to not have talked to your child also for a good amount of time, but you have to be a little bit more flexible in that their life is still going on at their base. They still have to go to work when they get back. There's, you know, they're still going to have all their friends that they've been working with that they want to connect with. So being able to not hound them. Don't be calling them every day. Make sure you open that gate. Say, hey, I am here. And when you're ready to talk, I want to talk to you. I want to hear what happened, you know, so that they know that you're waiting for them, but don't expect it to be right away because they have so many responsibilities as a military member that come first, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, parents, I mean, I think it's also um, a lot of families want to be there for homecoming and things like that. And I totally get that, but I've been encouraging parents, like, you know, just wait a little bit. If you can't get in, don't break the bank buying a last minute flight. You, you're going to have time with your soldier at some point and they're going to be able to talk to you and they're going to be able to communicate with you when they get home. Um, you just have to kind of wait and there's going to be so many people there at homecoming that they're going to feel welcomed and they're going to feel glad to just be back in their own space and um, they'll be right back to work. So, and that's the whole reintegration period. I think that you, if you're a parent and your, your soldier, your airman, whoever is married, I get wanting to come back from the homecoming, but you have to give that family grace too, because they are going to have to get back into some sort of routine And it's not going to happen if they're having to host a whole group of family there. They have all kinds of things that they're already going to have to deal with their children. They're going to have to deal with getting a schedule back together, like things like that. And as much as they, they love to have you there. Don't think that military spouses don't want their family around. We totally do. We crave it. Like I can't even, you know, we want visitors all the time, but it's not always the best time, especially if you know that how your child reacts to trauma and stuff, because he may just need to be alone. And instead of having the full family there right away, along with his own family, it, that could just be way too much. So think about that and maybe even plan it for a week or two afterwards. The homecoming ceremonies can be really exciting and fun, but they're also recordable. If you really want someone to record it, they're also, you, you know, coming for Thanksgiving is just as fun. And then they'll have had time to process. So just kind of thinking about what works best for everybody in the family, not just trying to be there for a certain thing, I think, because you want to be able to actually have time to interact with your soldier, right? You want to have time to be able to talk to them. And if they're stressed out, they're busy, they're reintegrating, it's not always going to be there. You may end up not even barely seeing him. So keeping that in mind too. Well, it's that. And like, we're also still in the middle of COVID. 
unfortunately, like I can, I can say that like our soldiers here at Fort Bragg will have a, a, a certain amount of time where they're restricted of movements. They won't be allowed to go out to eat. They won't be allowed to go anywhere. They're going to be restricted to their, their living quarters and work. So honestly, like it really limits to what you do. I mean, like you can totally go hang out in the barracks, but I mean, like there's really not that much room and there's not that much like to do. I've been definitely encouraged families, like, especially because this is not a normal deployment. It's not a normal homecoming. They're not doing the whole, at least here, they're not doing the whole shebang. Like it's not formal at all. It's they're hopping off the bus. They're waiting for their ID card. And then they're turning stuff in and going home. Like there's no, no big ceremony. And I guess that sucks for those who've never deployed before, but for, unfortunately for Bragg, we don't have an airfield. So they're having to bus in from airfields two to three hours away. And so um, they're just trying to get ho- the soldiers home as quickly as possible. So it's going to be not a lot of fun for them. And, you know, families can't really go into the company while they're turning in sensitive equipment and things like that. So you're better off just kind of waiting for a day or two, letting them sit through that quarantine and then planning something fun with them when they get back. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're going to make a whole trip, especially if you don't live anywhere nearby, you're just going to, it's unfortunate. It's just the way that it is with COVID. You're going to end up missing out on a lot of opportunities where once they're past that time frame, you could go to the beach, you could go to the mountains, you know, you could enjoy having that time with them while they're off versus trying to rush it all and being there for what, like you were saying, isn't really the normal homecoming ceremony in the first place. So keeping that in mind as this your military members come back from the deployments during COVID that it may just be for the best to wait until the quarantine period's over to at least come visit them so that you have a chance to actually see them. So does anybody have like an experience with reintegration that you'd like to talk about that kind of just to give an idea of like how it feels and looks as you know, your, your spouse reintegrated to life? Yeah. I mean, like, like we keep saying every deployment's different. This is our fourth one. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to go through the reintegration process and mine, it's that mine's supposed to be home later tonight and I'm so excited. And we we've been through this a lot though so like we have kind of our routine down like you know I kind of let my husband just relax when he gets home um obviously we have kids now so he's really more into like just spending some like time one-on-one time with the kids but you know like my husband's gone through really rough deployments in the past um you know my husband deployed Iraq and Afghanistan in the early 2000s mid-2000s and so during a time where it was really rough and um we've definitely experienced I've experienced, you know, having to deal with his PTSD and, you know, not being able to go to like really crowded places or places that have fireworks that aren't like planned, things like that. So, but like, I've learned over the years that, you know, I kind of just have to just be patient. Like if, if I see him, I, I see his signs, I know his signs, like he's, he starts to get really tense and he starts to sweat really a lot. And so it's the fidget with his hands. And so I can, I, I've over the years have noticed the different signs for him on when he's starting to kind of have an an anxiety attack or whatever, whatever it may be for him during those times of PTSD. And I know his are more triggered yearly during certain parts of the year. It's not kind of a consistent thing. So you just kind of have to know, know your spouse and know, know their body language when it comes to certain things and, and respect those boundaries. I used to get really upset that we couldn't go to someplace that had a large crowd, like, cause you know, going to certain concerts or going to like 
like the fair, like we just couldn't do it. He would just get really stressed out and he'd get very irritable and it just wouldn't make the, the event fun. And I came to realize that it was part of his PTSD. Like he just couldn't be in a crowd that had a lot of loud noise or a lot going on because it was just overstimulating. And you, we just have to, you know, take those strides. Like, so now we just do smaller venues um, for concerts. If it's a concert he really wants to go to, he can prepare himself for it. But like, if it's a concert he doesn't really want to go to, like if it's some more something from me and he's not really invested into what's happening, then he's a little bit more triggered. But we always just take it slow. We, we stay at home. We, you know, make breakfast and we just snuggle a lot. And when we're ready to get back out into our routine, then we slowly work himself in. But like, I know he gets very frustrated because like, we'll be doing, I'll do stuff with the kids and I'm just like, this is how we do it. Like, you know, this is what we do. But over the years we've, you know, they, they, they go to the field and stuff so often that like, he really leaves a lot of it to me on discipline and things like that. And he just steps in when he can. Yeah. I think our reintegration, because ours are all planned because of the way that my husband works for the military in general, it's as a contractor, we have a very good idea of exactly when and when they end because they can only be for certain amounts of time. But so we always make sure that we plan to use our leave the week afterwards so that he has a week where we don't make plans. We try not to, we try to, we're going to watch movies today. We're going to play video games tonight, you know, and just staying home and letting him just adjust back to being in our house around what is chaos. You know, life is chaotic in your house. You have kids running around, you have dogs, whatever you have just that alone. And, you know, he, during his deployments are, is in a room by himself besides at work. So he's used to just having quiet and time for him to just adjust to life. So we just take a couple days and we stay home and we don't do a lot. And it's nice. It's nice that we know that that's coming up. We can go on a vacation if we wanted to, we can, you know, just get away from things as the time comes. So I think that planning ahead, knowing that when they do get back, I know that some deployments, especially these, you aren't really sure when they're coming back, but Planning to do nothing is nice so that they have a chance to just hang out with you and be able to just adjust slowly to it because then they have to go back to work. And then all of a sudden it's like, not only do I have to do work, I have to do chores, I have to do, you know, everything is going to slam at once. So having a whole break, a chance that's always, that's kind of what's worked for us, being able to just take a few days off for both of us and not worry about the responsibilities and then just go back to life and wherever that fits into our schedule. I think it also goes into knowing your spouse too, because my spouse is complete opposite. He doesn't want to just sit around like he's ready to get up and mow the grass. I mean, literally the last time he came home from deployment, he was out cutting the grass, not even three hours later. So my husband's a very, let's do it. I got to do this. Where's my chores? I want to fix something. I want to use my tools. So I think it just kind of depends on your spouse too, because some spouses, they want to, you know, jump back in and and try to make things as normal as possible when they get home. And so for them to go out and be able to do some of the stuff that they normally do helps them get back to their routines as well. Um, My husband does like to take some time, but it's not like... um, you know, it's just a, a few hours to see the kids and to see us and to kind of talk about everything. We'll go have breakfast or I'll make breakfast here or dinner. It just depends on when he comes in. 
And then we start seeing family, you know, a few days later, we're ready to him to, he's excited. He wants to go hug everybody's neck and see everybody. But obviously with COVID this time for everybody coming back, it's not that simple. So just knowing your spouse and what works for them. Yeah. Knowing Mm -hmm. how they process information, because I think if like my, my husband needs the the time, the quiet time to like really process what has gone on. But I think a lot of spouses need the distraction. And even like you're saying, mowing the lawn is a great time to think because you can't hear anything else. You, nobody's coming near you. <laughs> like it's really just a time where you're alone to do an, a task and it, it keeps you busy. If nothing else, it keeps you distracted if you don't want to think about it. So, yeah, we didn't get like a, he came in in the middle of the early morning. So we didn't get like a welcome home picture or anything. It was pretty quick and easy. And so as soon as he got home, like that was the first picture I took of him was like mowing the grass with his welcome home banner behind him. It's pretty funny. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, knowing what your spouse is capable of or what they like or how they process things is super important and reintegration and, you know, communication and knowing them. I think that's the biggest part. If you just come jump right back in and expect life to go back to normal, it's not going to, that's only going to cause you stress, cause resentment. It's going to cause your kids stress because you're going to put them in situations where dad's handling things when he doesn't want to be handling things or isn't ready to be handling things. And then it just becomes arguments and fights and stress for everybody in the household. So knowing what and how much they can handle when they get back is super important. And then being open to communicate when they're ready to communicate. Another thing too, is don't be starry. If you need to cancel something when you're, you just found out your spouse is coming home and you plan this you know, trip to do something and don't be sorry that you have to cancel it. Don't be sorry that you can't make it to a birthday party. Your spouse is coming home. Take that time to enjoy each other, to see your spouse. Don't just keep hitting the road running and and doing for everybody else. Take time to do for yourself and your husband and your kids. It's hard for me because (laughs) I have four. So I'm constant. My schedule is slammed. So for me to sit there and say, oh, I know you're supposed to come to so-and-so's birthday, but now we can't, it's, it's hard, but I've learned to, to say no. Yeah. I like, I've already canceled uh, or said that I wasn't coming to a lot of the things this week, just because like, I, even though like this was a really short deployment here at Bragg, they did EIB beforehand, like they literally had a two day break before they were activated. So he's been gone a lot longer. Like he wasn't, I mean, he was home, but he wasn't getting home until like 9 30, 10, 10 PM every night. So it's, it has seemed like it's been like a three month deployment. Um, it's, it seems like he's been gone a really long time. So like, I've already said, like, I'm not coming, like, I'm, you know, if he happens to go to work that day for whatever reason, then like I'll come, but like at this moment in time, like we're not doing anything, um, except for doing things as a family, um, we're in a little bit of a different situation though. My husband's leaving to go to a school like next week. So, or going to a school here at Bragg. So um, he's going to be just coming right home to going into a really busy uh, school. So um, this next, this whole week, we're just hoping to spend as much time as we can. But I think like also like not saying sorry in terms of like, as well with your, with your spouse, like, don't, don't feel bad about like not understanding what they're going through as well. I think that's important because I know for myself, like I can say, like, I understand, or I can say that I, I hear you, but like, 
don't feel bad if you really don't like just communicate that say like I I wish I knew what you were going through and I wish I could help you and I can wish I could do this I'm just going to jump in there really quick too and and say that something about telling people that you understand what you're what they're going through to me that is the worst thing for somebody to say no matter what and I heard that so many times when I had the baby when Travis was deployed that I just cringed every time because I'm like, yes, you may have had, you know, a baby while your spouse was gone. You may have had three kids at home, just like me, may have even been the same months. However, everybody's battles and seasons of life are different. You don't ever really understand what somebody else is going through. You can sympathize with them and try to understand, but just know that everybody's different. You're not going to go through the same battles and and seasons of life the same way. Yeah, I agree. I think that just that, that desensitizes what they're going through saying that, oh yeah, I've done it. (laughs) Like you'll survive that. That's not, that's not how you handle things. And every single deployment's different. Just because your husband came home last time and was totally fine does not mean that this deployment Mm -hmm. is going to come home totally fine. Even if he didn't see action or didn't have issues while he was deployed, things are processed differently. As you grow, we all change every single year. Um, you know, the deployment you've changed, you've grown as a person too, at home, you've become more independent. You've handled things that you normally wouldn't have to handle. So don't expect everything to be the same. Don't expect to be able to understand what they're going through because it's going to be different every single time. So, and it's different even when they just go to training, you know, life Mm -hmm. has changed. We've become different people. We've learned new skills. We've learned new things. So learn each other again before you can even say things like that, like learn what they're, they're feeling. When my husband, my husband's done multiple deployments. I mean, He's done hardship tours, he's done deployments, trainings, you know, all kinds of stuff. Our last, not our last deployment, but the one before that, I was like, everything's going to be fine. You know, we've done deployments before. It's going to be okay. Well, I ended up, he wasn't able to come home for the baby's birth and he came home when the baby was four months old. And I know I say that like every podcast, I feel like I harp on the same thing, but that was one deployment that I grew as a person. And become stronger. Whereas that was the first deployment that my husband come home broken. Like I could literally see in everything how much that hurt him. And even with the way he is in the army, you know, he's always been the guy that will step up and go first and do and, and be there. Like he is a soldier. Like that is what he's always wanted that comes first, you know, even above family sometimes, because actually it's like your husband going to the school, you know, don't think it's not going to happen because that's the army. Like they usually will be gone again. But that was the first time that my husband actually came home from a deployment. And I was like, you're not the same. This is, it's not the same. So every deployment is different. Yeah. And, and, and that's also something to point out, like a, a deployment will change, will change our soldiers, like one way or another, they're going to come back grown more. They're going to come back a little more sad. They might come back thinking that they can take on the world now. Like it, it, it changes them. Like I can definitely say like after my husband's deployment in Afghanistan, it was very different, a lot of different things that he went through. And so 
This one I know is going to be different. He's already expressed that he was still processing what he saw. And I will be there to listen on what he wants to share with me. It's it's a very interesting topic because like it, it really is different every single time. Like, you know, Kim, you said he came back broken that time. And, you know, if he happens to play, to play again, he might be completely fine. Like they are all so different. No, neither of them are ever the same. And yeah. well, in the deployment, he just came back from uh, like a year ago. It was fine. I mean, yeah. he did, he did fine, but the deployment before that, you could just tell it took him a long time to get back to himself. Yeah. And as always, we kind of mentioned, if you see signs of uh, depression, suicide, or anything that comes back with that PTSD, make sure you know the resources to recommend him. Don't force them into it, but you know, suggest it. If you see a place where you talking to them isn't going to be enough where you know that they need to talk to someone else who's either been through it, it may just be simple as, hey, go hang out with your first sergeant. They're going to have dinner, you know, ask your first sergeant to invite him to dinner or whatever it is so that he has someone that's been there and gone through it or suggest the counselors because we've talked about in the past, the counselors are completely confidential. Him seeing them um, is not going to be reported back to, and you know, unless in, you know, dire consequences of like suicide and suicide watch and stuff like that. But like just needing someone to process the information and things that they've gone through is valid and is available. It's available all over the place within the military in general, without the army. And he could just go find a civilian person to speak to as well. So knowing well, the resources and, when they're needed is important. Yeah. And like the army, the army is fully aware that this, this, this event, like if, if your spouse rapidly deployed to Afghanistan in the last several weeks, this, this hasn't happened. This type of mission that they were a part of just hasn't happened. They've made history. They are part of something that's going to go down in the history books. And they've seen things that haven't been seen since World War II. So the army is fully aware that our soldiers are going to need that little extra support. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Like if you feel like your soldier is, is struggling, reach out to their platoon sergeant, reach out to their platoon leader, um, first sergeant, um, reach out to the FRG leader. If you don't know how to contact staff duty and to get that information and kind of just say, Hey, like, I'm really worried. Can we make sure that we get him the help? And the command team is going to do it. They they want to make sure that their their troops and their soldiers are as strong as they can be. And this really is a situation that everybody has eyes on it. Everyone knows everyone that's coming back is going to be in, affected some way or another. So just don't hesitate reaching out. Like I know a lot of soldiers are always worried about asking for help because they're worried that it's going to hurt them in terms of promotion or anything like that. But honestly, if they don't ask for help, it's probably going to hurt them more at this point with this type of mission um, because they're, they're being evaluated. They were evaluated after they left Afghanistan. They're going to be evaluated again here in a few weeks um, after they've returned. So, you know, encourage them to go talk to the chaplain or encourage them to go talk to behavioral health or like Sabrina just said, go find a facility off post that is completely confidential and pay out of pocket or there's so many different ways that you can talk to somebody and still get the help you need even if you don't want to go through the army itself so we just hope that your reintegration goes smoothly we hope that we really have high hopes that you're going to have them home watching movies going on a vacation really enjoying 
what is left of COVID free fall beginning before things hopefully don't get shut down, but you never know. Being able to, if you're coming back from the end of a deployment, being able to enjoy them while you can. So I hope that having heard our experiences and that you're able to look forward to this reintegration, but also know now that if it was, it is your first deployment that you have things to consider. I mean, it's not, it may not always go as smoothly as you think. So having heard some stories of how it has gone for us, I think is important for you to know going forward if it's your first deployment. But on a different note, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. We've noticed a lot of people listening to our last few podcasts, and we're really excited to see how it's growing. Um, if you have found us through one of our social medias on Facebook, we also, the only social media we have currently for the podcast is Instagram. So if you find Ruck Up Buttercup podcast on Instagram. We would love to hear from you over there as well so that we can see who is listening and kind of hear what you guys would love to hear more of us talking about. Or if you know a great resource to join us on the show, we'd also love to hear that. So thank you guys for joining us again. We will be back later this month with an awesome guest that we have scheduled. So we will be talking to you guys again soon. And as for always, Ruck Up Buttercup. <laughs>